Friends from Far Away Podcasting present Ill Will. Ill Will is a horror anthology podcast written and directed by Keegan Vanderwecken. Ill Will may contain subjects that are not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Junk, junk, junk. Couldn't organize it just a little bit. I was in the area and I thought I thought it'd be best to stop in and see Mary. I'm sorry to inform you, but my mother actually has passed away. Oh, I'm well aware of that, Mark. That's why I'm here now. I figured if she had passed away, she would at least have the decency to hang around you until I came by to see what she wants to do with all of her um earthly belongings. May I come in? Of course, sir, though I am afraid that uh, she has not shown herself to me, and it's not like I can force herself to appear to me or anything like that, you know, they... They find you. Yes, my boy, I am aware. <sighs> anyway, how did you know from Mother's passing? Oh, all things of that grisly nature seem to always find me. A better question I have for you is, did you rake Mrs. Henson's kettle? Oh, um... You would cough me off guard, and I had a... Right. Magic. Right. <laughs> Magic. <laughs> Do you mind if I put on the kettle? No, please. Help yourself. Excellent. Now, if Mary isn't here, now I take it you are here as the inheritor of her possession. That would be correct. The will was pretty straightforward that everything in this house, under it, and on the surrounding land was to be given to me as her sole heir to dictate what I wish upon my close family friends. In my opinion, I think it was a bit rude of her to do this and not to have it at all organized, much less not letting Michael know about it. True. From what I understand, your brother and mother had a falling out within the last year, and he began pursuing the family business on his own. I understand that that is the situation as well. Have you heard anything from Michael? <sighs> no. Sorry, old sport. In that case, I suppose you would like to talk about your actual business for being here? Yes, I would in fact. If it's not too much trouble, I would greatly love to take everything off of your hands in regards to the estate and all assets within, free of charge and headache from you to do as I see fit. <laughs> well, that sure as hell is not going to happen. 
Oh, why not, Spore? Well, I'm pretty sure everything in this house, more or less, is cursed or likely to kill anyone who comes into contact with it. Really? Everything here wants to kill mortals? Yes, everything. When did that turn on? Oh, I, I didn't do it, if that's what you're asking, Spore. Well, if you didn't do it, then who... <laughs> it appears you have a new customer. Tell you what, let them share their peace, and then we can continue our business. Right. In that case, I'm ready when you are, friend. <laughs> I used to live in Seattle. Constant rain never bothered me. Oh, I'm I'm ter I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm terribly sorry to keep you from moving on, but if you could actually start over with your name, I believe Mark would greatly appreciate it. What? Your name. You know, so Mark has a record of who is talking to him. Oh. My name is Austin Bennett. I used to live in Seattle, and constant rain never bothered me. Only one thing ever did. There is a light in the abandoned building across the street. I see it even now as I speak to you. I saw it every night as I went to sleep. The pale yellow light would beam between the blackout curtains and pierce my eyes. As I stared at night, waiting for sleep to take me, I would grow annoyed by the constant light. When I did close my eyes, I would be freed from the light and embraced by darkness. As I lay one evening, I realized I could turn myself around and avoid the light. As I faced the wall instead of the window, I could still see the light, yet somehow it seemed brighter. This did not work. I faced the light again and closed my eyes. This time, the light persisted. I could see it through my closed lids, or at least saw it until it flicked off. I opened my eyes again and for a moment I was in complete darkness. I was disappointed when it flickered on again. I shut my eyes and moments later the light was off. I didn't question it and fell asleep. The next night the light was off. It was perfect. I soon closed my eyes and was heading to sleep. The night did not remain perfect. Moments after closing my eyes, I could see that the light was once again on. I rose out of bed in anger and was met with darkness as I threw my curtain open to stare across the street at an empty building. Upon calming down, I lay back to rest. The light shone on me once more. I went to sleep, hoping to ignore it. This continued for weeks. I made my peace. Then the light changed the rules. It shone relentlessly and persistently. I could see it shining across the street in the full light of day. I saw it more clearly at night from within my own bed, and I decided to change my own rules. I flipped my bed around. I put my feet where my head normally would rest. Finally, I thought I had outsmarted the light. Sleep found me, but soon was stolen by a bright light. It was as though a flood lamp had been set up outside my window peering in. I got up angrily and tore down my curtains to see the culprit. 
to see who did this to me. I saw only the small light across the street. I blinked, and as I did, the light flickered. My eyes were open, the light was on. My eyes were closed, the light was off. It could not have been a coincidence. Someone must have been pulling the most elaborate prank in order to keep me from sleeping. I had had enough. I put on my coat and boots and marched through the cold night air across the street. I pounded on the door, demanding to be answered. I was met with the wind howling. I grabbed the handle and found the door was not locked. As it swung open, I entered. Somehow, it was colder inside. I saw the light ahead in the darkness. It was an old light hanging down from the ceiling, though as I approached it, I could clearly see the metal chain to turn it on and off. I could not see the ceiling above in the darkness. I pulled the chain, and as I did, the front door slammed closed. I didn't have to worry about the light anymore. Thank you for letting me tell my story. <coughs> Would you like some tea, Mark? Yes, actually, that probably would do me some good. I wanted to check up on you. Seems you have quite a chore on your hands organizing all of Mary's old knickknacks. Why are you really here, Samuel? Again, I will happily take them off your hands in exchange for... No, I don't want to need your money, Mr. Culper. Ah, no, I suppose not. In that case, what about information? I do hear things. Every now and then you might find interesting and useful. What sort of things? Well, you know the usual people performing rituals, things go missing, and the fact that your brother is in desperate need of help. What? Oh, you heard me. Michael needs you. Oh, he doesn't know about it, but the current trail he is on is not going to end well. I think I would like to keep this tea kettle if you don't mind. Get out! Shoot your show. One more piece of advice before I leave. Perhaps make a sign for your customers so they know to state the name if you're going to record or what I say. Crazy old goat. Who's he think he is? Waltzing in here like he owns the place, demanding I give him my mother's life's collection. That's Samuel for you. Ah, stupid cassette.